Greetings, people of God. Welcome to worship on this, the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online who are, who are listening on the radio, a reminder, as I always like to do, I remind you the, to go to our website, chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin for this service. You can find that under the resources tab, and you may give your offering to the Lord and his church under the give tab. Today's radio broadcast is sponsored by Keith and Sandy Otto in loving memory of Audrey Otto, a former employee of KFUO. Just a few announcements to share with you before we begin worship this morning. On Saturday, October 22nd, so two weeks from yesterday, uh, from 10 to noon, Chapel's Life team will be hosting a workshop on the topic of memory loss and dementia care, and that workshop will be led by author and experienced advocate for seniors, Cheryl Wilson. Please plan to attend that workshop and invite a family member or, or a friend or, or somebody else you know who could benefit from this workshop. The workshop is free, uh, but we do ask you to register in advance on our website, chapelofthecross.org, or you can just call the church office and let them know that you'll be coming and we'll mark you down. So Saturday, October 22nd from 10 in the morning to noon for that free workshop. A reminder, the next Chapel Travelers trip is scheduled for Monday, the 24th of October, uh, and that's, they're going to tour Day 3 Seeds headquarters down in Bertrand and some of the Lutheran Heritage sites down in Perry County. Uh, please sign up at the Welcome Center, and if you got questions about that, you can talk to Ken Kreitner or talk to Bill Resnick for more information. They'd be happy to answer any questions that you got. And uh, just so you know, though, the deadline to sign up is October 17th, so if you're going to come, uh, please sign up soon. Chapel of the Cross youth will be gathering and packing food for Thanksgiving boxes that will be shared with the clients that visit Helping Hands Food Pantry, but we need your help with that a little bit. Uh, the youth are asking our congregation if you wouldn't mind to provide some of the needed food items to put into those Thanksgiving boxes. There is a table, maybe you saw that as you came in, um, over by the office area in the commons area uh, that has donation cards on it with the needed items. And you may take a card or more than one card and purchase those items at the store and then bring them back to church. There are collection boxes there by the table uh, for the non-perishable items. For frozen items or refrigerated items, we'd ask that you place those in the refrigerator or the freezer in the workroom in the church office. So we thank you very much for helping our youth with their service project this fall. Our elder for this weekend is Gene Widener. Gene is standing in the back there. He's going to greet you uh, after church at the back door as you leave. Get to know Gene as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, All Praise to Thee for Thou, O King Divine. Hymn number 815 on a hymnal. We stand to sing together.
Spirit. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. May the Lord, who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, you show mercy to your people in all their troubles. Grant us always to recognize your goodness, give thanks for your compassion, and praise your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Old Testament reading for the 18th Sunday after Pentecost is from the first chapter of Ruth. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, and the wife's name Naomi, and the names of the two sons were Malon and Kilian. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth, and they lived there about ten years. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malon and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When she heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, Naomi and her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two, sons, with her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Then Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show kindness to you as you have shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud, and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But Naomi said, Return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons that could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you, because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. At this they wept again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read responsibly, responsibly Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will exalt the Lord with all my heart in the counsel of the upright and in the assembly. Are the works of the Lord they are pondered by all who delight in them. Glorious and majestic are his deeds, and his righteousness endures forever. He has caused his wonders to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He provides food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works, giving them the lands of other nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are steadfast forever and ever, done in faithfulness and uprightness. 
He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. The epistle is from the second chapter of 2 Timothy. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's word is not chained. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying. If we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he will also disown us. If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forgiven, the 
salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, by living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise, your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me then came the morning that sealed the promise your buried body gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please sit.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for the sermon is that Old Testament reading appointed for this day, that story of Naomi and Ruth that was read a few minutes ago. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends. Troubled, empty, burdened. Those are not very nice words, are they? But those are familiar words, aren't they? Troubled, empty, burdened. Trouble. The world is filled with troubling news. I don't suggest it usually, but turn on a newscast once. It doesn't matter which one you choose. You know what you will get when you turn that on. You'll get troubling news. And you're not going to feel better or less troubled after you watch that news than before you started watching it, are you? No, because there is a seemingly unending bad, troubling news that just never, never, never stops. Empty. Ever drive around and notice that, that uh, low fuel light come on? Man, I hate that light. It is not a comforting light. Not an encouraging light. It's not a reassuring, uplifting, cheerful light. No way. It is a panic-inducing, menacing, threatening, warning light that you're going to run out of fuel. You're just running on fumes. And that is a stressful way to drive. It really is. And really, it's an even more stressful way to live, running on fumes or just running on empty. And burdened? Now we're burdened, aren't we? We're burdened with debt, or we're burdened with guilt, or we're burdened with health problems. I mean, we've got a burden or two, maybe more than two. Troubled, empty, and burdened. In that Old Testament reading for today, a widow named Naomi had been troubled and empty and burdened for some time. She was married to Elimelech and had lived in Bethlehem in the days in the, Old, in, in the Old Testament, and they had two sons, Malon and Kilion. Because a famine in the land uh, came around Bethlehem, this family moved to a country named Moab. And there in Moab, Malon and Kilion met and married two local women named Orpah and Ruth. And then, living in that foreign land, far, far away from home, disaster strikes that family. Naomi buries first her husband and then both of her boys. Unthinkable agony and an unimaginable grief. Naomi and Orpah and Ruth all become widows. Now, they say that you really shouldn't make any drastic changes, like moving, after a death. But word came that the famine around Bethlehem was over and that food was available again. So Naomi decides to move back home, to go back to Bethlehem. I mean, nothing was holding her there in Moab except those two daughters-in-law. So she told Orpah and Ruth this. She says, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you. 
because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. Now we know that Orpah did stay in Moab, but Ruth, she went with Naomi to Bethlehem. And as she returned, some of Naomi's old friends in Bethlehem saw her, and they said, can this be Naomi? And Naomi said, don't call me Naomi anymore. Call me Mara. See, the name Naomi means sweet. The name Mara means bitter. She is troubled and empty, burdened. She comes home with no husband and no money and no future and no hope. She even announces, I am no longer Naomi. I am Mara. I'm bitter. The Lord sent me away full, but I've come back empty. Troubled, empty, and burdened. I tell you what, it would be hard to imagine Ruth not having the same kind of heart as her mother-in-law. After a childless marriage, Ruth's husband is dead. And dead too are her brother-in-law and her father-in-law, the two men who under Hebrew custom would have been required to provide for this young widow. You know, in that time, a widow doesn't go out and get a job and start dating again. That's not how it worked in that time, in that place. So Ruth, you can imagine, has got to be troubled and empty and burdened too. She, she comes to this foreign land with no husband, no money, no future, no hope, troubled, empty, burdened. And yet, there is something about Naomi that causes Ruth to stay with her, to go with her, to carry on. In fact, she has a quality that I think reflects the character of the God that she believed in, faithfulness. Despite the tragedies, despite the sorrow, despite the bitterness, Naomi served God. She served him even though her husband had died. She served him even though her two sons had died. And Ruth sees this in her mother-in-law, wanted to be like her, to stay with her. She was willing to leave her own country and to go with Naomi to a foreign land. Now listen to Ruth, what she says. You often hear these words at weddings, but the original context is woman to woman, widow to widow. She says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Could it be that Ruth saw in Naomi a woman who received and believed in the promises of God? Even though there was heartbreak there and sorrow and pain and hardship, even as she was troubled and empty and burdened, through it all she saw and she believed in the faithfulness of her God. And God proves himself faithful. So I've got to ask, are you troubled or empty? Or burdened. <clears throat> maybe that doesn't describe you right now. But maybe it describes you at a time in the past. Or if not in the past, you know what? I guarantee it's going to happen to you in the future. There have been or there will be times when you are troubled or empty or burdened. 
sat with many in a hospital waiting room, and there's fear or shock or sadness and this overwhelming feeling of being troubled and empty and burdened. The funeral home is a gathering place for people who are troubled, who are empty, who are burdened. And the questions and the, and the feelings of helplessness and feelings of hopelessness, not knowing where to go, where to do, what to do next, just troubled, empty, burdened. Relationships get strained. You know, sometimes relationships break. And it's beyond repair, beyond saving, beyond hope. And it brings the pain that makes us cry out, I'm troubled here. I'm empty. I'm burdened. Good jobs are sometimes hard to come by. And there's sometimes problems with with income versus expenses. Anybody have those problems? Seems like just when you kind of get ahead a little bit, something happens. You know, the heat goes out or the transmission fails. The bills pile up. And there's nothing you can do except just sigh and say, oh, Lord, I'm troubled. I'm empty. Burdened. Is that you? You troubled? Empty? Burdened? And maybe that question makes us ask another question. As I'm troubled or, or empty or burdened, is my God faithful to me? Does he keep his promises to me? Even amidst the the pain and the sadness and the problems and the fear and the bitterness and the helplessness and the hopelessness, is my God faithful to me? You know very well, I think, the answer to that question. Is my God faithful? Oh, yes. Yes, a thousand times yes. Our God is faithful. The faithfulness of God, that's the message of the whole Bible. And certainly the faithfulness of God is the message of this story. Perhaps you know how this story ends. Naomi sends Ruth into the fields of a distant relative of Naomi's late husband. And Ruth is gathering up leftover wheat from that harvest field when that, when that relative, a man named Boaz, spots her. And he is gracious to her and generous with her. And eventually he falls in love with her. And Boaz and Ruth were married and they soon had a son. Scripture tells us that this baby's name is Obed, who is the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, King David. And some would read that story and say, oh, what a coincidence. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) When you read the scripture, you you quickly find that God is not a God of coincidence. He is a faithful God of absolute purpose. You see that all the more so in this story, because not only is Ruth the great-grandmother of King David, but her faithful God put Ruth in the ancestral line of the son of David, King Jesus, Jesus Christ himself. That's the faithfulness of God. And that's his faithfulness to you and me. He is faithful to us in Christ Jesus, his son. His faithfulness endures forever. 
I mean, that runs throughout all the Old Testament, and then it moves right into the New Testament as it tells the story of Jesus. In Jesus, we see the faithfulness of God because he will not stop. He, he will not stop at anything. Nothing will stop him from carrying out those promises that he made. He will save the world. He will save you, even if that means the death of his own son. He will forgive his people, and he will forgive the, of them out of his, his grace and out of his goodness and out of his mercy, not because of us, not because we're so good and wonderful, but because he keeps his promises. He will give life to his people, and he will do that because that's what he promised to do. And things may not always go so well. In fact, oftentimes things don't go well at all. But we can still depend on the promises of a faithful God. That great Reformation psalm kind of comes to my mind. Psalm 46, maybe you remember the words. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, Though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You hear what he says? Earth can give away. And mountains can fall. The waters, they roar and foam. And it certainly feels like that sometimes in our lives, doesn't it? Because death may visit a loved one. And relationships may break. And sicknesses can come. And suffering certainly comes. And it makes us feel like we're just troubled and empty and burdened. But God is still faithful. And God still keeps his promises. You are his child. And his promise is that he will never forsake his children. Jesus kind of borrows that that line from, from Ruth as he says to us, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you stay, I will stay. Because I'm your God. I'm your Lord. I'm your Savior. And so then with Naomi and with Ruth and with that psalmist, we confess the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And God proves himself faithful. Amen. May the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed that's printed for you on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation 
came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
We stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Before you, Lord, we bow, our God who reigns above and rules the world below, boundless in power and love. Our thanks we bring, in joy and praise our hearts we raise to you, our King. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, there is none like you. You are great and you are faithful. We give you glory, praise, and thanks today and always. By your grace, help your baptized people to live up to your holy name, that we may proclaim your greatness and your faithfulness as a light to the whole world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O King of the nations, grant that all those in the authority of government in the world, and especially in our own nation, may pursue what is godly and righteous in your eyes, fulfilling their duties in the service of the public interest and the common good. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All compassionate God and Father, bless all community agencies that provide for the needs and the burdens of the poor, the helpless, and the wayward, especially pregnancy centers, adoption agencies, homeless shelters, and clothing and food banks, that they may promote life and promote hope. Help us to be active in serving you by serving those in our community. We ask you to also bless all preschools, elementary schools, and high schools, especially the ministries of our partner schools. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, send your Holy Spirit and grant your healing, strength, and comfort to all who are sick, hospitalized, or homebound. Today, we especially remember Malu Martin, sister of Kathy Crozier, as she is ill, Gloria Utley, as she recovers from surgery, the grandson of Bill and Marilyn Miller, James Haas, Joseph Miano's sister-in-law, Cheryl Linton, as she undergoes treatment for cancer, and Bill and Grace Green's daughter, Vicki Williams, as she also undergoes treatment for cancer. Strengthen these and all the ill, that they may endure in faith and hope, and look to you, Lord, for every good and perfect gift. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O oh, Lord, we rejoice with those who thank and praise you for your good gifts, especially Matt and Rachel Gar and their family upon the birth of a granddaughter this past Wednesday. Bless this little one and her parents and guard them with your angels. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O oh Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who out of love for his fallen creation humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Please stand. Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give thanks to you, almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. You may be seated for just a few moments as our Vice President Nancy Sabota has a, has a brief announcement. Good morning. Today it is my honor to speak to you as we celebrate Clergy Appreciation Day. I am sure you would agree with me that Pastor Lesh is truly a blessing to Chapel of the Cross. We are thankful for his leadership and faithful service to Chapel through his inspiring sermons, teaching a variety of classes, attending a never-ending list of meetings, visiting the sick and homebound, and the list goes on. And we also appreciate his calm approach when challenging situations arise and he reminds us that it is in God's hands. In addition to Pastor Lesh, we are also thankful for his support staff of Pastor Bischoff and Pastor Glenn. Both these gentlemen have dealt with serious health issues during this past year, and we are so happy to see them back at chapel as they continue to serve our Lord and this congregation. It is no surprise that Clergy Appreciation Day is not Pastor Lesh's favorite observance. However, we feel it is important that this congregation celebrates Pastor Lesh, Pastor Bischoff, and Pastor Glenn on this special day. So at this time, I would like to present to Pastor Glenn a small token of our thanks for his service to chapel. Pastor Bischoff could not be with us today, so we will send his gift to him and, uh, in a short period of time. Then, Pastor Lesh, we would like to present you with a special gift. Chapel's own and incredibly talented Ann Meyer created this beautiful original design and did a magnificent job of inserting various chapel scenes within chapel's logo. It is wonderfully unique, and we are extremely grateful to Anne for this creative, inspired, and innovative artwork. Pastor, we hope you will enjoy this special gift, and may it always remind you of the love and appreciation this congregation has for you. In closing, we ask that our Lord and Savior continue to bless Pastor Lesh, Pastor Bischoff, Pastor Glenn, and Chapel of the Cross. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy, and, and thank you all very much. Um, that's, um, I think I can speak on behalf of Pastor Bischoff and Pastor Glenn. We are 
uh, it's a joy for us to serve with you and to serve our Lord um, in the mission field that he has given to us. And I thank you for your love and your support and your, your continued um, uh, service of our Lord together with us. So thank you very much. And, and if you have a chance to look at this, it's, it's gorgeous. It's really, it's really wonderful. So thank you for this gift. It'll find a very special spot in my office, and, and I encourage you to come take a look at it when you can. Thank you. We, we uh, continue our, our, our worship. We conclude our worship by singing together our closing hymn, and we stand to do that.